how do you know what companies you can trust when you're buying sustainable or socially conscious products? If you're not already looking for that little B in a circle which marks a certified B Corp on your products, it's time to start. The B Corp movement has evolved since its launch in 2007 to measure and certify socially and sustainably conscious business and is now dedicated to transforming the global economy to work for all people, communities, and the planet. Join us to hear from the CEO of B Lab US and Canada about the movement's history, present shape, and what's coming in the future. Welcome to the Be Social Change podcast, your go-to resource for weekly personal professional development to help you build a successful social impact career. I'm Marco Salazar. And I'm Jen Lashansky, and we're the team behind Be Social Change. Over the past decade, we've helped tens of thousands of professionals and entrepreneurs grow their social impact careers, and we're excited to help you do the same. In the podcast, you'll learn new skills and strategies from inspiring social impact leaders who have built careers at socially conscious companies, innovative nonprofits, and within government. We're so happy you found this podcast and look forward to helping you build a meaningful, fulfilling, and successful social impact career. Let's get into it. A lot of people are familiar with the term ESG, environmental, social, and governance but don't know how companies measure it when they proclaim they are committed to socially conscious businesses. And unfortunately, a lot of companies don't even properly measure their environmental and social commitments. But B Corps are different. B Lab, a global nonprofit organization, certifies businesses based on high standards in those areas. The movement has been self-reflecting recently as it maps out its role in certifying larger companies like Nespresso and also in shaping social justice business movements. And Jorge Fontanez, the leader at the helm of B-Lab US in Canada, is just the person to learn from and hear more about this movement with. Let's dive in. Hey, Jorge, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Marcos. Great to be here. Hi, Jan. Hi, Jorge. So happy that you're here. We're so excited to dive into all things B Corp, all things that you've been up to. We've been big fans of yours for a really long time. So I just would love to hear a little bit about where are you right now? What are you up to? What's most present for you in your work? Well, if you like mutual, first of all, I'm a big fan of Be Social Change. And thank you for inviting me. Right now, I'm in New York City. And we actually have an office, B-Lab US in Canada, which is the organization I'm now leading two years in. We have an office in FIDI. There's just one other person here today with me. So it feels a little lonely. But we also really pride ourselves in having a remote first structure of an organization. Our team is also across the country. So while I'm based in New York, we also have a team and team members in Philadelphia and Toronto, Denver, Seattle, Oakland, DC, North Carolina. <laughs> and it's, yeah, it's been an interesting time for us because, you know, two years in for me, but three years into the pandemic, we're, we're learning about how to work well in a hybrid structure. And um, yeah, I chose to come into the office today because frankly, my New York City apartment sometimes feels too small. So I come to the office to uh, get away. <laughs> hey, can you share a little bit about the social impact work that you're doing? Because you're now the CEO and leading B-Lab uh, US Canada. Yes. So I'm going to start by saying, defining who we are First, by naming that we are a global nonprofit. B-Lab has many entities around the world. We're one of seven sister organizations, but most people don't know B-Lab. Most people know B-Corps, which is the certified trademark. And we can be really excited to say 
that today we have record brand awareness of B Corps amongst Gen Z at 61%, which makes any brand envious. And then yeah. over, yeah, we're really excited to know that. And also 50% for adults, over 50% awareness of B Corp trademark, unaided basis, by the way, right? And that's because this is an organization that for the last 17 years now, almost two decades, is known for defining what it means for business to hold practices that are both purpose-driven and make money, right? Purpose and profit coming together. So B Corps meet one of the highest thorough standards of certification that speak to companies that are adopting better business practice for their customers, for their employees, for society and the communities they operate within, for their suppliers, also for their shareholders. We don't want to ignore them either, but even more importantly, as all of those for the planet. And so B Corps are now 7,000 uh, and growing globally. U.S. and Canada is the largest of the sister organizations with something close to 3,000 of those. And yeah, I get the pleasure to continue to lead the next chapter of this work, which is growing our presence in the U.S., in Canada, and also Puerto Rico, where I spent some time last week. We have some news to share on that if you'd like to learn more. But we are still growing the number of B Corps in our region and around the world. But also I joined because our mission is also changing. And I can talk more about that. I hope that helps at least define who we are. Absolutely. And, and yeah. yeah, I would love to hear a little bit about how that transition has happened. And what is that new mission? I know it's been great to see B Corp grow and the number of different organizations, both small as well as large. And I'd love to also for you to share a little bit about yes. that. Because I know larger yes. companies have started to adopt this. Where is the direction of B Corp going? Yeah. Yeah, so it, it is important to, to say that the groundswell of what we now call ourselves in an aspirational way as a movement has really been driven by small and medium-sized companies around the world, actually, that believe that a new kind of business model is, is possible, right? Bridging purpose and profit. And 80% uh, around the world of, of B Corps are small and medium enterprises. We define that as being under $100 million. But when you look at even the data that we have for companies under $5 million, it's still a majority of, of businesses. So we really are a community of small business. And it has been super interesting to see how this small and mighty groundswell has gained attention in a way that is influencing big business and multinational companies like Danone which has been certifying its subsidiaries around the globe, Danone North America, of course, in our region. And they're about 70% through getting their divisions certified. Because as you might imagine, it's much more complex and takes longer for companies that are operating in different regions of the world to become certified. One thing I'll add is I like to think about certification as being a tool to changing organizational business practice. Our tool, which is available to anyone actually that is interested, it's an open source tool. It's called the BIA, the B Impact Assessment, is just that. It's an assessment for a business 
to evaluate its impact on the stakeholders that I mentioned earlier. 250,000 businesses have accessed and used the BIA to assess their impact. And what's fascinating about that is that that data shows us that B Corps are doing something really different because in order to be a B Corp, you have to reach a score of 80 or more. And the average score of those completing the BIA is 56 or something like that. And so we know that from now years of gathering this data, that methodology works, but that's just one tool, right? We believe that it's important for B Corps to model better business practice, but also continuous improvement. And part of what we're working to as an organization is building what we call a movement. I mentioned it already once. What we mean by that is we see that business has a role to play in redefining how it interacts with social and environmental issues. We also believe that business has a role to play in changing the culture of business. We also believe that business has a role to play in changing the system, the policies, the rules of the game, so to speak, under which business operates. That's what got me here, if I were to be completely honest. That's when I got a view into the B-Lab global network strategy and understood that it wasn't just a standards organization and a certifying body, but that in fact, it was looking to mobilize businesses to act collectively for the benefit of systems change to benefit everyone on the planet. I was like, sign me up. Like that's, that sounds <laughs> like uh, some good trouble that I'm, I'm willing to be a part of. Yes. Jorge, I'm so interested too, because I think B-Lab has been around since I think 2006, if I'm right, almost 20 years. Yes. And so the journey that got B-Lab started has been an evolution, as you mentioned, that there's more of a, a new mission. And I understand that mission is around building a more equitable economy, building a more inclusive economy. And I'm curious if you can walk us through what was the impetus to start B-Lab? Like, where did it come from? And how has that changed in the past 17 years? As yeah. our world situation has changed too. Yeah. So we've been going through a, a founder transition, right? So the three people that founded B-Lab now sit in different roles outside the organization to our in board roles. What I've learned about their journey is that they founded a company and that actually grew in scale and operations quite quickly. And then they also grew frustrated by the lack of basically standards in business. And what they saw in that was an opportunity to create something for business leaders who actually cared about things like better wages or their carbon footprint or how they treat suppliers, those kinds of issues. They just realized that there wasn't a standard centered around performance, right? We had other standards before. In fact, my early days in this ecosystem was working at Alcoa, the aluminum manufacturer. And a lot of my work was focused on GRI, Dow Jones Sustainability Index, reporting around those kinds of frameworks. But they created something new because those standards are disclosures. B Corp certification is a performance requirement. And that's what really distinguishes us in the landscape. So just continuing with the thought of the founder's vision and the opportunity that they saw and then like where we're headed next, what's really interesting about the history is there were some other people around the world, specifically in Latin America, who were seeing that the three founders of B-Lab were doing something kind of different and they had real interest to be a part of it. 
And over the course of the first 10 years, what happened organically was that B-Lab sister organizations started to get seeded. In Latin America, it's called Sistema B, and there's a whole different approach to their work because they started with a policy lens, which is, that was the way in actually for, for this to be relevant in that region. And then around the world, the history of B-Lab over the last, you know, 17 years, as you said, we now are in, you know, basically every major continent and expanding to many more countries. I think we're in 30 countries today as well. And before the pandemic, so many companies talk about the inflection point uh, with respect to the murder of George Floyd and how that created the opportunity of a reckoning inside of their organizations. Some of these conversations were out. I mean, yes, that accelerated the shift in strategy at B-Lab, but some of these conversations and the push was actually happening before that. So consider this, the founders of B-Lab are three white men in Philadelphia, US centric. They are now leading this global movement with energy from all parts of the world. And some people started to ask, hold up, maybe it shouldn't be so US centric and maybe it's time for a change in leadership. And oh, by the way, is leadership representative of the work we're trying to affect, which is to be about impact. There's so much more I could say about like where we're headed. But one thing I want to note, which is really important, is to say that in the U.S., 40% of our businesses are women-led or owned. Super exciting. Yeah, snaps for us, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. And it makes so much sense because when you think about small business as an engine of creating jobs and thinking about kind of new ways of being and building business models, of course, women are like leading the charge. Right. And so we're super excited about the ability for us to get to gender parity where we are underrepresented with, is with black, indigenous and people of color led businesses. And there's a question that comes with a mandate for me as a leader but also for us as a global network and as an organization or a region is to ask, what are the barriers of access? Why is it that we have a community who is not representative of the same communities that we're trying to affect, which speaks to the vision. And that vision is to create an equitable, inclusive and regenerative economy that benefits everyone and the planet. And so if it benefits everyone, it should include everyone. And that's the next chapter of our work. Yeah. And that's really amazing to hear and thinking about taking a pause, people raising their hands and recognizing. So we've gotten to this point, but where we want to go, there may need to be change moving forward. And I think the other thing that's really interesting that I was always appreciative of how everybody spoke about B Corp is there's that movement piece and then there's this community piece and the culture that B Lab has tried to build around connecting businesses and how have you seen or where are you seeing that culture changing or things being added so that it continues to grow the B Corp movement? Yeah. So we are community first. I, I want to be honest about that. I said earlier that I think our movement work is aspirational because it is. And, you know, movement work, collective action work is traditionally the work of activists, right? And so we recognize that we are different in that context. And we also humbly look to work alongside community activists, social justice leaders, climate justice experts to understand and inform our work. The community aspect is super exciting. There are 30 B, what we call B local chapters around the country, including in Canada. 
and now also in Puerto Rico, which is why I was there last week to, to launch yeah. the first Be Local community there. And they're our biggest asset. Our community is our biggest asset and differentiator. And what's happening is that those Be Locals are volunteer-led organizations who believe that they benefit from not only being in community, but sharing best practices. So Be Locals are part of our infrastructure. They're part of the way in which we are deepening our engagement with B Corps. And just to give you an example, in the last two years, we've hosted dozens of congressional fly-ins. I'm, I'm using air quotes right now because the fly-ins are all virtual for the most part. <laughs> but they've been really informative and influential in beginning a different conversation between business leaders and their representatives in Congress and also senators who are also now becoming aware of the commitment that these business leaders have to people and planet and why they are a B Corp. And it's really giving us more opportunities to affect policy and support our B Corp community in being advocates for policy change. I so appreciate what you're saying. And I have to take a quick pause to do a massive shout out to be locals all around the country and all now around the continent yeah. and around the world. When people come to be social change, they're like, I really want to plug in. I really want a job where I can both make a salary that supports and sustains my family, but also does something good for the world. The first place that we always send them is go check out your local chapters. Yes. Thank check you for doing that. Are in your area. <laughs> yeah. It's the best advice for any job seeker out there and anybody who's looking to expand their sense of purpose. Even if you're not looking for a job, go learn about the B Corps in your community. And also just a quick shout out that all of the B Local chapters that we've had the pleasure of working with, which are in the dozens at this point, have been absolutely incredible. And the volunteer-led organizers are just so thoughtful about the work that's happening. So it's a really incredible asset that you're speaking to. And I'm so happy now there's one in Puerto Rico as well. Yes, that one is information, like, you know, Beyonce style. But it's also important to note because it's starting from a different vantage point. Like we have one B Corp in Puerto Rico, which means that we don't have a community there yet. And so we've partnered with organizations on the ground and we recognize that there might actually be a new way to build community that doesn't need to start with B Corps because it takes time to become one. So how do we kind of change up the model? And it seems to me that a lot of the Be Local chapters, too, are inclusive. You know, in Be Local New York, where we have been based, we've been a part of that community, even in our own journey to becoming a B Corp before we got there. And so it is a really I'm inclusive so community as well. It is. Yeah, I'm so glad to know and be a member myself, actually. When I go to a Be Local New York event, I say just, you know, I'm just a member. <laughs> yeah. um, and one of the things you just touched upon, is the congressional fly-ins, is that there's this interesting element where you feel that business and B Corp's purpose is that business can make a, a positive impact, be used as a force for good, but it also has to be in collaboration and in partnership with nonprofits, with government as well. So how yeah. are you seeing in the future that cross-sector partnership and collaboration in order to uh, make a, a greater impact in the world? Yeah, it's an important question, Marcos, because, you know, gosh, we've all been in this work for some time and we know the benefits of public-private partnership and we know intuitively in our guts, but we also know 
because materially for-profit companies have so much resources at their disposal. The revenue they make, the cash that they have on their balance sheet, the, the people that work for them, and then everything else that, you know, accountants love to calculate value. And I think that we're seeing the results of a new generation that's demanding something different from business. And by doing so, recognize that business, while it has, and CEOs in particular, right? Because we can point to like studies like Edelman, Trust Barometer, where in public like looks to CEOs to be the voice of reason when it comes to environmental and social issues. We still recognize that business caused a lot of the issues that we are dealing with from an environmental and social perspective. So we have to be careful, right? And this is, I think, the work that you're pointing to, which is that part of this work is rebuilding trust with frontline communities and building those relationships in a way that allow them to see that business actually can be a positive actor in the world and that it's not potentially showing them that business is not always self-interested, but that we are actually all committed to the same vision. But I think we've got some historical harms to repair and to acknowledge. And I think it speaks to some of the obstacles in those partnerships. I think that's exactly spot on. And it is a really curious trend of how much people are looking to business as the solution point in the future of how we address our challenges. I taught a sustainable business uh, model course this past this, this semester for graduate students. And every single one of the graduate students except for one student believed that the greatest lever of change was held by business rather than government, rather than by um, the nonprofit sector, rather than any other area. And so it follows all of those metrics that you're talking about, the Edelman Trust Barometer and all these areas where people see that Though business might have been responsible for creating so many of the ills, that they're also responsible for creating a pathway that has more opportunities out of this. And I'm so curious, Jorge, because this is something that a lot of people find to be a place of friction in the conversation around business, you know, business for good, is the idea that when we're creating products, when we're creating whatever it is that we might be doing, um, there is going to be an environmental impact. And so how do we mitigate that? While also, I'm going to actually just re-ask this question. How do you reconcile for B Corps, who are absolutely the industry leads in this area, the idea of the farms that they're creating, while also the good that they can do to either mitigate those farms or actually Mm -hmm. generate net positive impact in the world? How do you look at that? Yeah, there's so much there, Jen. So let me start by saying education is step one. And by education, I can just speak for myself. I was educated in some really great schools and those schools never gave me the education that I'm getting now as an adult. That speaks to the historical harms that you speak about, right? The communities that have been on the receiving end of extractive and exploitative practices that have been, you know, wealth generating for very few people. And so when we think about our role at B-Lab, we see ourselves as a connector and a convener. And in defining our role that way, we are investing in education, in building cohorts of B Corps to not only learn from each other, but to learn from those same 
experts on the front line whose expertise should be informing the solutions that companies are looking to create. This is a little bit different than I think what I heard you say, but I think your intention is there to acknowledge that, yes, businesses and people generally do believe that business has a role to play to create those solutions. What I would add to that thinking is that many of the solutions that we're talking about, especially when we're talking about climate and regenerative solutions with wisdom, with indigenous and black communities for centuries that actually should be centered in our conversations. And I think that that needs to be part of the dialogue in going back to rebuilding trust and understanding and being humble that while technology today in particular can advance us to a point of basically solving some big hairy problems in the environment. For example, if we don't create solutions informed by the communities affected, I think we will repeat the same cycle again. That's so beautifully put. Forrest, thank you so much for expanding on where B Corp is going and what they're putting into place. And one of the things that I was thinking about relating back to community, and you touched upon this with Danone and others, is that as B Corp is growing, as over 250,000 companies have started to take or have taken the assessment, as more and larger companies start coming in, how is that impacting some of the smaller right. and medium-sized companies? There's always yes. this yes. tension. Aside from Be Social Change, I run a, another nonprofit, a trade association for the Adult Non-Alcoholic Beverage Association. And it's really being driven an innovation by smaller startups, but we're starting to let in larger beverage companies that are producing non-alcoholic beverages. And there's always that tension because whenever you, when you think about culture, whenever you let someone or an entity in, it infects the culture. Yes. And how do you ensure that everybody is collaborating, but having healthy competition so that they can collectively grow the B Corp movement? Yes, Marcos, it sounds like a fun side gig you got going on there. But yes, yeah. you, you asked this question earlier. I didn't answer it. So I'm glad you came back here. The community is growing and we are being critiqued for certifying some of the largest companies out there. And that critique is warranted for a couple of reasons. One, we're working on the evolution of our standards because our standards themselves are frankly still behind the times in terms of meeting public expectations about how companies are addressing their own footprint, decarbonizing the planet. So much has been, I mean, this is not just, and I want to be clear about this, not just a critique of B-Lab, but of many commitments, including commitments to the SDGs and the UN Global Compact. I was just at the UN yesterday, and I think the latest number is that we're 18% of the way in meeting our commitments to 2030. So many companies that have committed to net zero, which by the way, doesn't go far enough, are far behind their ability to actually have action plans to mitigate their carbon emissions. So we've got a lot of work to do as an ecosystem. And the standards is one tool of measurement that we believe continues to actually be above the bar. You know, it's a gold standard, but we're going to take it to the next level with the evolution of our standards. And within that continues to be, because it exists today, just to go back to your question about 
multinationals. The standards for multinationals are more rigorous than the average company and small business. There are additional requirements that multinationals must accomplish, not to mention and not to overlook the fact that one of the key changes to B Corp certification is a legal requirement that companies must either become a public benefit corp or amend their charter so that management and boards of directors are beholden to making decisions for the benefit of all stakeholders, not just shareholders. This shift in culture is being driven already with a policy or legal requirement. And it does distinguish us still in the marketplace. And it should continue to be a conversation for us for how we address multinationals, their footprint, the challenges of transparency in the supply chain, which is an issue for any company of any size, but it shouldn't be so much of a debate <laughs> that we dismiss that these large multinational companies are actually going beyond requirements of the average company that it's a B Corp. Right. As you're speaking, you've touched on so many pivotal shifts that are happening within the B Corp yes. movement. It's incredible to hear. It's exciting. And I'm curious too, you know, it's fascinating to learn about B Corps and knowing a little bit about your career and having gotten to watch it over the last many years, it's been an incredible journey to getting here. Would you be open to sharing a little bit about your way to the B Corp movement? Sure. Yeah. As circuitous as it is, Jen, I would say, you know, the universe has a plan, right? I, I do, I do feel really connected to the work that's happening here, but I, I'll admit that I didn't, it wasn't, it wasn't on my radar. I knew about B-Lab, I knew about B-Corp certification. And frankly, before I, I joined, I was doing some work that was very meaningful for me in working with and advising founders of color and, and growing their social enterprises from seed to skip. And I was looking for ways to make that work. But yeah, like in terms of my career, it's been three chapters. I've worked in multinational companies where I've always been that entrepreneur and change agent. And I know that you have an audience that is that profile, right? That asks themselves, like, how do I, I had a generation that's asking themselves, how do I actually work for a private sector company and feel good about it? If I don't actually know or trust that their values and practices are aligned with mine. And my short answer is, you probably won't know until you work there. And the best thing to do, I think in some cases, and this is a bias, is to be inside an organization if you want to change it. Yeah, absolutely. And as a quick aside, we had Eli Malinsky yes. earlier. Oh, yes. And he really talked about entrepreneurship and the work you do at the Aspen Institute and yes. really the skills and in some cases, patience you need in order yes. to really create that change within an organization. Oh, yes. Oh, love Eli. Shout out to Eli Malinsky. Yeah, I'm an Aspen Institute Society Fellow, First Members oh, cool. Program. And just one anecdote related to what you just shared, Marcos, is yeah, we learn a lot about not just patience, but reframing. Because a lot of the work yes. that entrepreneurs need to do is to, one, identify champions inside their organizations that are willing to take a risk. But then two, actually think differently about how they put forward a business case. But after, there's so much I could say about my multinational experience but it informs what's possible for me. Working inside large companies, as we sit here today and talk about the critique of multinationals, 
having worked inside them, I know that there's a lot of good people and that actually are looking to create positive change from their vantage point. There are a lot of good people working inside multinationals, and I've worked with many of them (laughs) who believe that they can do good with the resources that they have. And so I just want to encourage more of us to be entrepreneurs. I think that's the last thing to say is that I just encourage this next generation of leaders to consider working for large companies also. That, of course, our values align that are like in a sector that they have a connection to, but that we should believe that that change is possible. We need entrepreneurs inside of multinational companies uh, to do this work. It just can't be us out here, agitators on the the sidewalks, (laughs) trying to get their attention. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Okay, so your first chapter is in multinationals. Tell us about chapter two and three, if you would. Chapter two, yes. Chapter two and three, you you both know a bit well. They kind of happened simultaneously because I was, I left that multinational world, founded my consultancy, committed to bridging access to capital for founders of color, but also knowledge networks, which is a mentorship is such a, an undervalued part of what it takes for a small business or any business of any size to succeed. And so I spent a, a good decade there and also teaching at the BARD MBA of sustainability program. That's actually what in many ways led me to this role because I spent that time designing my own course in marketing called Stakeholders and Marketing, believing that the discipline needs to change, that the discipline of marketing, in some ways, my students would say, created this unsustainable growth economy that requires so many of us to spend so much money on stuff that we don't have the resources to produce, period. And, you know, what is the role of marketing then? And part of my work there was reshaping the conversation to say that internal marketing and changing the mindset and changing the culture of business is the role of a marketer and looking for other ways to create value in the value chain, right? Not just creating value with customers, but creating value with all the other stakeholders that we've been talking about today. And when B-Lab came calling, it became more obvious after a few conversations that, oh, yeah, actually so much of how I've been spending my time has been in the space. And, and it would be really exciting to have a platform like this to have even more influence on the sector and on the next generation of business. It's incredible to hear your journey. And surely B-Lab is so fortunate to have you at the helm at B-Lab US and Canada. And I'm curious too, we have so many people within our community who are interested in getting involved with B Corps or basically joining the business for good movement. And I'm wondering what advice or insights you might offer to those who are really interested in this area and how to get involved to a deeper extent. So we are bcorps.com is our U.S.-based website. You've mentioned Be Local, so plus one to that invitation. And also we have a number of networks as well that are growing in both industry-based networks, but also collective action-based communities and, oh, and identity-based communities. So we have a group called We The Change, which is focused on gender equity, which is our women's-led B Corp community. We have our Black, Indigenous, and People of Color network. And something that's really interesting about what's happening in those identity-centered networks is that, at least for the BIPOC network, we've expanded it to be inclusive of non-B Corps. 
And that's been a really powerful way for us to become familiar with communities throughout the country that don't know us very well. And that reason speaks to the data that I shared earlier, right? We don't have a lot of Black-owned, Indigenous-owned and led B Corps today. How else can you get involved? Gosh, I want to add to the consideration that we do have convenings around the country. So there are these regional convenings called BLDs or builds that be locals come together to organize. And then we organize, B-Lab, US and Canada organizes an annual retreat. Actually, it's becoming biannual. But anyhow, in March 2024 in Vancouver, British Columbia, we're going to be hosting our next champions retreat. So raw for like the leaders of business that we call champions. And our theme this year is restore. How do we heal in community? There's so much that we're looking to continue to learn from the Canadian commitments to truth and reconciliation. And we're wanting to center that this time. Amazing. Thank you so much for one, giving us an update on where B Corp is at and where it's going, a little bit of history, your journey. And then I think the other piece of one, getting involved with the B Corp movement. And then if you're not interested or at this point of transitioning into working for a B Corp, always look for that B Corp symbol when you're seeking out and you're about to purchase something and knowing that you're supporting businesses that are helping to make the planet better. And Jorge, where can people learn more, follow you, get your great insights that I know that you're posting on LinkedIn? Can you share a little bit about where community can find you? <laughs> yeah, I'm on all the socials, right? LinkedIn more these days than anything. I am on the road a bit these days, so I'll be attending the Sustainable Brands Conference in October. I'll be in California at the Northern California Grant Makers Association Conference, where there's some really great intersections happening there, both with funders and also tech business leaders. And you give me an idea. I don't have a roadshow schedule tour to point people to, but maybe I can work with my team to create one. Oh, <laughs> where, where, not just where to find me, but where to find any one of our team leads. Because we do participate in things like Expo West um, every year, Expo East and West, actually, uh, which is one of our largest convenings for our CPG and food companies. So look out for us there. If not me, someone from the B-Lab US and Canada team will be there. Amazing. Great. Amazing. Thank you so much for your time, Jorge. Yeah. Thank you both, Marcos, Jen. Great to see you. We've known Jorge for a while, and so it's awesome to be able to just connect with him. It's great that he now leads B-Lab US and Canada and is helping to set the direction as consciously and purposefully as possible. It's so great chatting with Jorge and again, finding as many ways as possible to support this B Corp movement. Amazing conversation and amazing movement, Jen. More to come soon. Thanks so much for joining us today. If you liked the episode, help us grow the impact of this podcast by taking a quick second to leave us a five-star rating and review telling us what you liked. And please share the podcast with anyone you think could benefit from this type of career and business advice. Word of mouth is the number one way we can grow the podcast and the impact we have on people's careers. And don't forget to visit besocialchange.com for free social impact career resources through our newsletter. See you next week.